A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Comfort, give comfort to my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her service is at an end. Her guilt is expiated. Indeed, she has received from the hand of the Lord double for all her sins. A voice cries out in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the wasteland a highway for your God. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill shall be made low. The rugged land shall be made a plain, the rough country a broad valley. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all people shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Go up on to a high mountain, Zion, herald of glad tidings. Cry out at the top of your voice, Jerusalem, herald of good news. Fear not to cry out, says to the cities of Judah. Here is your God. Here comes with power the Lord God, who rules by his strong arm. Here is his reward with him, his recompense before him. Like a shepherd, he feeds his flock. In his arms, he gathers the lambs, carrying them in his bosom and leading the ewes with care. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. salvation to those who fear him, glory dwelling in our land. Lord, let us see your kindness and grant us your salvation. Kindness and truth shall meet, justice and peace shall kiss. Truth shall spring out of the earth and justice shall look down from heaven. Lord, let us see your kindness and grant us your salvation. The Lord himself will give his benefits. Our land shall yield its increase. Justice shall walk before him and prepare the way of his steps. Lord, let us see your kindness and grant us your salvation. A reading from a second letter of St. Peter. Do not ignore this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like one day. The Lord does not delay his promise as some regard delay, but he is patient with you not wishing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a mighty roar, 
and the elements will be dissolved by fire, and the earth and everything done on it will be found out. Since everything is to be dissolved in this way, what sort of persons ought you be? Conducting yourselves in holiness and devotion, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved in flames and the elements melted by fire. But according to his promise, we await new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, since you await these things, be eager to be found without spot or blemish before him at peace. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, behold, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way. A voice of one crying in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. John the Baptist appeared in the desert proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. People of the whole Judean countryside and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the Jordan River as they acknowledged their sins. John was clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist. He fed on locusts and wild honey. And this is what he proclaimed. One mightier than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop and loosen the thongs of his sandals. I have baptized you with water. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Probably most of you uh, have been to the movies sometime in your life. It's a very pleasurable thing to do, sit in that big, giant, dark room and see this larger-than-life image projected there and just sort of take you away for an hour or two, right? But before whatever movie you want to go watch, there's always the previews of coming attractions. They call those the, the trailers for the movies that are coming out. It's what Hollywood producers use to sort of sell their films in advance, to try and entice you to come back and watch the next movie. Well, I think that today's gospel reading would make a fantastic movie trailer. 
No, I'm serious. I need you to, to go with me on this. Use your imagination a little bit, okay? All right. So we fade in on the desert, a vast expanse of desert. It's empty. We hear the wind. We see a red ball of the sun rising in the distance, and it sort of ripples a little bit with the heat rising off of the, the desert floor. The silhouette of a single man walking slowly towards us, and the announcer says, He came from the desert. One man dressed in camel's hair and preaching a message of repentance. And we cut to a tight shot of John the Baptist, and his hair is blowing in the breeze. Prepare the way of the Lord! And then it slowly dissolves into this rippling picture of the Jordan River as we see groups of people coming into the water and John baptizing them, and they fling up and the water goes off of them in slow motion all over the place. And the announcer continues. And he baptized masses of them in repentance for their sins. But he told them, one is coming. A mightier one is coming. Boom! Is that not a movie you'd want to see? (laughs) The Gospel of Jesus Christ now playing at Catholic churches everywhere. Check your bulletin for times. But I mean, really, doesn't that pique your interest? That's what Mark is trying to do with John here, setting him up to draw you in to see what's about to happen. If you were paying attention to the readings, you notice that the first reading from Isaiah and some of the words that John says in Mark's gospel are exactly the same, and that's on purpose. Prepare the way of the Lord. When Isaiah first spoke them, He was talking to the people of Israel who were held in what is known as the Babylonian captivity, okay? Starting roughly about 587 B.C., people of Israel were conquered by the Babylonians and most of them taken away to Babylon where they lived for about 80 years before they were allowed to return back home. So this prophecy from Isaiah comes right near the end of that and it's very hopeful, it's very anticipatory of of joy to come, okay? The end is near. We're going to go back home. How soon? Could be any minute now. But how fast are we going back? We're going to go back so fast, all the mountains that are in the way will be torn down and the rubble will be used to fill in the low areas so it'll be this nice, flat, straight highway all the way home. I mean, ancient interstate highway system, right? Nice, straight, smooth road. So it was a message of joy for the people who first heard it. But the thing about prophecy is... It has more meaning than just to the people who first heard it. So it was important for the Israelis, the the, the Hebrews, to know that they were about to come home. It also pointed to the coming of Jesus into the world. Because Isaiah says, the glory of the Lord will be revealed. Here is your God. He comes with power. The people coming back from Babylon did not see God walking in front of them. But the people in Nazareth, in Bethlehem, 
in Jerusalem and the various places where Jesus ministered got to see him. And yet these words also have another audience, us, because it refers to his second coming, when heaven and earth will pass away and be renewed, and when all people living and dead will receive their final judgment. So as John called people to repentance in his day, to prepare for the coming of Christ in the world, so also he calls for us to be prepared today for the second coming. Now, we don't know when that'll be. You know, for us, it seems delayed, right? But the thing is, to God, it's not delayed at all. You know, Peter's letter reminds us, you know, God is outside of time. The past, the present, the future are all the same moment for God. So that second coming for him is there. Now, it's been 2,000 years, give or take, right, since John spoke these words, since Jesus walked the face of the earth. So for those of us who live in time, it seems like it's taking forever. And Peter rightly points out that when it comes, it will be sudden. It will be, as he says, like a thief in the night. But you don't know when it's coming. We do not know and we cannot know the exact moment of the second coming of Christ. Therefore, we should be prepared for it to be at any moment. This means a lot of things for us in how we live our daily lives. This means that we should strive as much as possible to avoid sin. And if and when we do fall into sin, we should as soon as possible seek reconciliation. I know it's embarrassing. Nobody likes to admit they messed up. But guess what? Everybody messes up somewhere, sometime in their lives. And the Lord loves nothing better than to forgive us when we seek him in true repentance. It means we should strive as much as is possible to live in the world but not of the world. The Father has blessed us with many wonderful things in our lives. Some of us have more than others, but these things are not the be-all and the end-all of our existence. They are not the total goal for us. You know, that saying, who has the most toys when they die wins, that does not apply to us, okay? These things are meant to help us to grow spiritually, to learn how to love God, to learn how to serve God. So some of us are blessed with extras so that we may shepherd them, we may steward them to direct them toward people who are not as fortunate, who are experiencing some tragedy in their life, who for no you know, good reason just can't seem to make that step up out of the despair that they're in. So we need to be aware of compassionately attending to those in need. It also means we need to try as much as possible to have prayer always on our mind, on our lips, in our hearts. And you say, I'm busy, I don't have time for that. Well, yes, you do. Think about the monks, right, in the Middle Ages. They had to, they had to work all day long to grow their own food to survive, right? They had a phrase they called ora et labora, working and praying, right? Dig a hole, say a prayer. Dig a hole, say a prayer. Say a prayer while you're digging a hole. So even if it is as simple as the Jesus prayer, 
You guys, you guys familiar with the Jesus prayer? I see a few people nodding, a few people going, huh? Okay. Lord Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Takes all of five seconds. You got five seconds for God? Somewhere along the way during the day. Think of something maybe that reminds you. You can sip your coffee in the morning, bam, hit the prayer. You have blessed that moment. You know when you hear the chimes from the church every 15 minutes, those Westminster chimes? They were a call to prayer. They were a reminder to people throughout the day. Remember to pray, remember to pray. Even if it's that simple, Jesus' prayer. And we especially need to draw near to the Eucharist, Christ's very presence among us. It is through the Eucharist that he gives us the strength, the courage to live through this life with all of its joys and pleasures and all of its toil and tears. And when we do finally come to the last scene of our life, and that final big fade to black comes down, and you see the biggest DN sign you've ever seen, will we be prepared? God love you.